hear the approval on the microphones. That's a good sign. And the cameras, the GH5 is great. Okay, cool. So you're a video guy too then? Yeah, I edit my <laughs> videos. Yeah. Do you edit your own videos? Some of them, yeah. Okay. So when usually when we like hire a director or someone that has a vision for a song, I let them do the editing because, you know, it's their idea. So I want them to be able to fulfill that. Yeah. But if I have an idea and I want to hire like a team and I want to be like, I want it to be like this, then I want to edit it. And then like for all my TikToks and stuff, I edit. Um, I just, we're starting a vlog for this tour, editing that too. I was going to say your your Instagram videos, you must be using like a 360 camera, right? For a lot of those? For some of them, yes. Yeah. Um, for some of them, for for a short number of them, we used like a a red cinema camera, um, oh, just to fuck around with. My buddy <laughs> has one, so I was like, let's see what you know five K looks like on a shitty little iPhone screen. Um, but most of them are just the um, iPhone eleven. Yeah. I'm impressed. Oh, by the way, you can move this mic. Sit yeah, back, yeah. make yourself at yeah. home. I'll be the nomad. Thanks for joining. By the way, dude, it's a pleasure. So, what's the uh, let me interview you. All yeah. right. This is fantastic. Albie's Vancast. Welcome. Yeah, this is this is great. <laughs> this is so cool. What's more nomadic than a Vancast? Nothing right? else. <laughs> Nothing else. Yeah. Um, yeah, really, like, did you renovate this? Um, I got it empty. A, a company in Colorado built it out for me. Nice. I'm not That's that awesome. handy. I didn't get it with the idea of doing a podcast. It was right. really to do like filmmaking, adventure filmmaking, I can charge camera out in the woods and whatever. Yeah. Started a job and I'm like, well, I'm the weekend warrior now. How else can I be creative? I like interviewing people as part of videos. Right. Let's do it in a podcast form. So, I don't know, why not? Yeah. People love like little clips, like professional clips of people talking. Yeah. Everyone seems to just love that. Right? Yeah. And it's when, when it's somebody who has like, well, there's so many podcasts today like millions there of podcasts. Are. I get there ads are. for all of them now. I'm like, yeah. some of them I'm like, I can't even understand what you're saying. Like, what are you right. talking about? But like, if you do it right and you're talking to like yourself who's doing something really cool, you got inspirational things to say. Thank you. That's why I'm doing this right here. Talking Hell to people yeah. like you. Hell yeah. Well, hopefully I can uh, <laughs> yeah, bring some light to your listeners or not. <laughs> well, well, well I, uh, I've been listening to your music for like five years now. Oh, hell actually... Yeah. Via Spotify, probably, driving to Santa Cruz for, like, a softball game. I had it on, like, shuffle. And um, what was it? Must have been, I think Somebody to Love came on. Oh, wow. 2017, does that sound right? Yes. Yeah. That does sound right. And I'm not a music guy myself. I don't, I'm not an artist. But I'm like, this is, this is smooth. Hell yeah. I'm driving. I'm like, I like this. And then that that's song, what got me onto it. That song has such a, uh, such a weird origin specifically the reason uh i even made it is weird and the fact that it is actually bigger than a lot of other songs that i uh you know i'll i didn't expect it to be so big i basically did it for a blue moon commercial on soundcloud oh, and wow. i was in uh i was in france and uh i had a broken like like a child's guitar like a child-sized guitar and it was kind of like fucked up and didn't sound great. And I didn't have a bass. I didn't have an electric. I didn't have any of that stuff. But I just basically took my acoustic guitar and everything on that song that isn't a keyboard or drums is all acoustic guitar. 
So it's, I just recorded with what I had, and I just made somebody to love. That's crazy. So the bass on there, <laughs> not a bass. <laughs> Whoa, that's wild. Yeah, yeah it's weird. Um, and so I didn't even think it was going to be on that album or come out as my own song. So I made it like super poppy. And I was like, oh, this will be great for a commercial. And uh, at the time I was, you know, I had a licensing deal with this label and they were like, you should put this on the album. And I was like, okay. So like personally to you, did you really not like? It's not that I don't terrible? like it. Yeah. I just kind of like pretty much like indifferent. Yeah. You know, so oh. when I put it out, I was like, eh, I guess it's all right. Okay. Is Everybody just loves it. I love it. I mean, I love all your stuff, but is that is that often the case where you'll make a song? We'll get into all that, but like um, where you make a song and you're like, I think this one's going to really, uh, you know, take off or this one might not. And then it doesn't cross. Yeah. It used to be like that was recurring for like four years. Mm -hmm. And then last year I got it right. I was like, this one's going to do well. And it did well. And that was um, good luck from my uh, latest album which is what we're starting the uh, the tour set list with. It's like the first song we play. And I love that song and I'm proud of it. And I was like, this is the one. I'm going to get it right this time. And yeah. uh, and we just got, you know, we got so many opportunities just from that song. And uh, my management hit me up literally two days ago and they were like, dude, you got it right this time. So finally broke the curse yeah. of feeling indifferent. <laughs> well, it's, the album's been out for over a year now, right? about yeah yeah so congrats on that anniversary oh, now yeah. you're taking it to the road taking it finally being able to yeah okay right? like people weren't even <laughs> so many artists had like booked tours in 2021 and uh had to like postpone or like cancel them to this year so when we saw that starting to happen we were like why would we even bother yeah like it's there's gonna be another wave and there was and so i'm glad we could pull it off to where now you know, now, you know, like if you, it's, it's rare that you see people with masks even, or maybe yeah. it's, I don't know, I'm from Texas. So maybe that's why. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's rare. I mean, I wear a mask every day because I work at a hospital, but I don't work with patients. I work in like an administrative building, but it's like, oh, wow. you work at a hospital and the rules are still masks. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a strict. Yeah. Yeah, even though I don't work with patients or anything, and it's a little, like, no risk, but it's, like, county policy says. But, yeah, other than that, I forget, which is nice to get mm -hmm. back to that normalcy. Mm -hmm. When you're planning that tour, how do you pick dates? Because Or pick places, uh, rather, because here we are in Santa Cruz, my hometown. Mm -hmm. Was this on your mind from the get-go? No, not really. So I'm not much of the decision guy. Uh, I'm more, like, the initial planning and stuff. I don't do that stuff. I do like the final, like, I'd rather not do this city. Let's, let's nix this. Let's nix that. So there were a couple smaller cities that I kind of like, um, uh, said no to around this time, but I do have a booking agent who kind of like presents me with like a set of 25 dates. So like, you know, I'll give suggestions and stuff, but, uh, my guy, Max over at APA, he's doing all the hard work. Right on. So you've been here in town for a couple of days, right? Kick yeah, off. dude. I think uh, of it so far. I, I kind of like it. It's like a, uh, it reminds me of like a really small San Diego kind of. Yeah, I can see that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Are you a beach guy? N not really, but I'm also like indifferent to it, I feel like. Okay. I grew up about 10 minutes from here. Where Have you been to the Redwoods yet since you've been here? I have here? not. Yeah, it's like super close. And so it's like mountains and Redwoods and you wouldn't even know you're near the coast. So that's where I'm from. And then oh, Santa yeah. Cruz is like where you'd go if you had to do anything because we were in the woods, no like 
right. major stores around. Right. It's like 10, 15 minutes away. But um, Santa Cruz, I'm like, I know people listen to the show like Santa Cruz and they're from Santa Cruz. So I'm like, I like Santa Cruz, but um, more the mountain guy. So yeah. Hell yeah. Dude, I would love, I, I feel like I'm more of a mountain guy too. Yeah. I feel like I would enjoy the woods more than the, like I would lean towards woods over the beach. Yeah. Also Santa Cruz, like, again, don't get me wrong. There's better parts of Santa Cruz than others. But, you know, there's like some seedier places that you maybe don't want to go after, like Sunset and stuff like that, as opposed to, I don't know, like L.A., even the water's warmer. The water's super cold here. Yeah. And you can't really swim. Yeah, I can't enjoyably. imagine the water's cold. <laughs> it's not enjoyable in San Francisco, so it can't be good here. Yeah. And you're living in Texas now, right? Yeah, I live in Austin. Yeah, yeah. So there's no water. No. There's that river, but it uh, it's made by people. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, don't let them tell you different. <laughs> Humans made that shit. <laughs> Austin's cool, though, or so I've heard. I've been to Dallas. Austin's great. Yeah. Austin is great till everyone started saying Austin is great, and then now Everyone. everyone's there. <laughs> I think Joe Rogan <laughs> kicked it off, probably. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't mind I don't mind Joe Rogan. Um, I don't mind his, his move to you know to austin and like the reasons for it i think the elon musk one kind of bothered everybody a little bit the podcast episode no or his his move to oh, austin i didn't even know he, he moved there yeah or the and, tesla did. yeah okay and he bought up a bunch of land mm. he also replaced like a legendary music rehearsal space that like me and my band have been using since we formed uh -huh. and everyone i know has been using in austin and he bought it up and turned it into a Tesla showcase room. It's just such a weird place for it, too. It's in, like, a strange part of town. I don't know. It's just such a bizarre thing to do. So, yeah, Austin's cool, but, you know, it's recently had a lot of, like, more bro-y imports of people, whereas it used to be very hipster. Mm. I don't really mind either, but I can see why people are upset at the influx. Well, now I'm getting this insider background of what's going on yeah i didn't i didn't know that that's really interesting yeah there's a lot of actually it's been growing like crazy since i moved there like five and a half years ago it's okay. been growing like insane um and it wasn't bad when we moved there traffic would only get bad at like five uh and that was only on one highway now it gets bad at like you know 11 3 and 5 and 7 so they, the city really tr is trying to keep its spirit and you can see that in its like, you know, legendary districts and stuff, but you can also see it kind of getting gentrified. You're going to try and stay there and hold on? Uh, it, for for a little bit longer. Yeah. yeah. I, I definitely am still comfortable and there's, you know, there's local places that people who have lived there since before it got crazy go to and we all know where they are. And we won't tell anybody. It's smart. Yeah. yeah. So like now, like if we find like a good food spot, I'm going to like, we just don't take our friends. Yeah. And we like don't, unless it's like a homie, like we just do not take people. Yeah. We don't promote it. We don't do any of that stuff. Yeah. I feel like there's spots like that around here, like swimming holes and stuff like that, where it's like. It's like a secret spot. Yeah. Like, yeah. You don't want it to like. like maybe you take trashed. family. Yeah. You know, that's about it. But you don't want to. People post TikToks about things. I think that's great for the business yeah, for a short period of time. And then I think it kind of just, I don't know. I don't know if it's like a great idea unless you own the business or like you're connected mm. to the person who's running the business. Because I see that a lot where people are like, oh, if you want great deal, if you want a great deal on tacos and margaritas, like 
go hit up this spot. It's super unknown. No one's ever been here. And then 500,000 likes later, that place is flooded for the next six months. Yeah. I feel like it gives up the magic of being in a city like Austin where, or even over here or even in LA, you know, like maybe you drive past something and you're like, that looks kooky. I'm going to go check it out. And then it actually turns out to be fire. Then you're like, wow, this is amazing. And that's your little experience to have as a human. So I still enjoy experiencing things like that, overtaking the, um, you know, Yelp recommendations or things off the internet. There's a swimming hole and going along the lines. I won't say the name of it. Everybody knows it's here in the mountains. And, um, there was like a newspaper article written about it, like in the nineties or something. And now everybody from San Jose comes there on the weekends and it's trashed. It was like this beautiful swimming hole in the redwoods. Um, and I mean, we would still go there, but it was just, it smelled like cigarettes. Like you, you were trying to get out of nature and then it's like ruined, you know? Yeah. Definitely can be vibe killers. Yeah. Like I said, welcome to Santa Cruz. Going along the lines of having moved to, to Texas five years ago, where were you before that? Can we get a backstory of where sure. you originated? Even? Sure. So my entire life is kind of like this van. Um, <laughs> always moving. I was born in India, in the south of India, um, uh, a little bit outside of a major city called Chennai, um, which is kind of like, I don't know, it's like the, let's say it's like the Austin of the south of India, It's or the Houston actually, it's a pretty massive city. Um, and I was born in a kind of rural part of it. We lived there for four years. My, uh, my dad and my mom were like working or something, and my dad was getting his uh, certificate to work in the Indian Foreign Service, um, which means he would become a diplomat. Mm. So I was raised by my grandparents till I was like four or five, and I used to go to elementary school in a bullet cart, which is, you know, a guy whipping a (laughs) a bull (laughs) to take us to school, which at the time, I was like, this is what everyone does. Uh, And then my dad got into the uh, service, then he was like, oh, we're going to Beijing, China. And I was like, it's cool. I don't know what that is. I'm five. So then we moved to (laughs) Beijing, China. And I was like, this is insane. First time ever on a plane. Uh, This had to have been like, I was born in 93, had to have been like 97. 93? Yeah. Right on. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, had to have been like 97, 98 or something like that. And uh, moved to China. And then I was in China for four years, you know, growing up there, kind of like slowly learned English. Then my dad got posted to Hong Kong. Uh, in the mean, in a short period of time, after, in four years, he had fluent, learned fluent Mandarin. Uh, he's crazy like that. And then we moved to Hong Kong. I did more four more years in Hong Kong. Then he was asked to come back to Beijing. So it was four more years in Beijing. And then uh, we moved back to India for like a short period of time. Um, and then he was posted up again. This time it was in the Fiji Islands. And... So that was like, damn, that's crazy. So we went to the Fiji Islands. It's not as glamorous as you think. It's not vacation. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you're not tour, if you're not a tourist, it's like, you know, it's very different. It's actually pretty impoverished. Um, so we moved there for four years. I did my high school there, uh, and then I moved back to India to figure out, like, to while I was applying for colleges and stuff. And I had like six months or something, like, or four to six months to figure out like where I was going, and I uh, got into the school in California. Got my visa, everything. Moved to Cali. Stayed there for four and a half years, five years. When I graduated, I did 
an internship program and then got a job um, to hopefully maybe get a work visa and ended up being about like six years technically in California. And at the end of it, you know, uh, I didn't get the work visa. So my two options were uh, leave the country and go back home to India to try to figure out how to get back into the country or to leave the country and go somewhere else and try to figure out how to get back into the country. So I was like, fuck it. Let me go to France. So <laughs> we applied for a school in France so I could I could uh, learn French and French schools at universities are pretty affordable. So super depressing. Uh, didn't know anyone there. Living in my own in a studio apartment um, at the top of France in this little city called Lille, which borders Belgium. And that's where I made somebody love. Okay. And sex and drugs and that whole marbled album. Um, and then up until that point, I was already doing like, you know, I was already trying to do music and I'd like released one EP as like a capstone project for college. So, and people were, for some reason, people were listening to it. It wasn't many people, but people were listening to it on Spotify. So I was getting like these like $400, $600 royalty checks. That was like enough for me to like pay for my rent, my groceries in France. And like, you know, I was like satisfied with where I was. Um, and then I reapplied to go to school uh, in Austin, Texas and, uh, went to Austin community college for like a year and a half and marble came out right as I had moved back. Then I played South by twice right after the second time I played South by, uh, marbled had done so well that we applied for a talent visa and we got it. So then I had three years guaranteed in the States to fuck around with my music career <laughs> And then after three years, uh, you know, um, my then girlfriend that I had been with for a long time, uh, you know, I had proposed and we got married and now I'm here. So that's a long story, but that's the uh, <laughs> wow. full extended version of uh, my arrival into Austin. For uh, born in 93, that's a lot of life right <sighs> Dude, there. It's a lot, man. <laughs> it's a lot, man. I don't even need to ask where the name <laughs> came from anymore. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm not as nomadic these days. I guess mostly on tour. Okay. I would be nomadic. But, I mean, throughout the year, I travel. Yeah. And, you know, I go to LA. I do sessions. I go to Atlanta. I do sessions. But I don't really move around that much anymore. Do you, do you feel at home on the road then after having traveled like that? I feel at home both ways. Mm. I've, like, learned to enjoy both things now. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of nice. Living all those places, would you learn the language of all those places? Did you learn so actually, Mandarin? I knew fluent Mandarin wow. when I was young, and then I lost it. Okay. Um, it goes away very quickly. Very difficult language. Uh, I know French. I know how to speak French. Mm. And uh, no, I never picked up... By the time I was in Fiji, I was like too old to, to be curious. Yeah. I was like a shithead, so I never bothered. <laughs> so along all of those moves and things, and you're living for places, you know, a couple years at a time, like at what point was it where you thought about doing music, uh, even <sighs> a, an amateur or professional level? I had been on it for like since I was 13 or 14. I had been like just like into it. Um, Always rap too? Not really. No? I actually start off on guitar. And I would like sing covers of songs. And then I got really into Kanye West. And then I got an iBook G4. Remember those? 
the old Mac. Oh laptops. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the all white ones. Whoa! So I got, I had one of those for school because I went to an American school in uh, China, and they would let you rent them out from the lab. And GarageBand's pre-installed on all Apple computers. So I had GarageBand and I was like, oh, I can just like make music. That's crazy. And so I would do like, you know, like bad remixes of 50 Cent and G-Unit and stuff. Just like rip acapellas off the internet <laughs> and like try to put different beats behind them. So I was doing that since I was like 14. And uh, then I started recording, kind of like tried to record seriously at 18. And then when I got to college and by the time I was out of college, I'd like figured out like how to like make something sound good. That was like my biggest achievement from college. And I was like, this is great. I'm going to try to do this. Was it learned like in college or was it kind of you were more self-taught, you think, from trial and error of garage band days? Yeah, I think it was a, comp, a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. I did study music production and my parents thought that was going to help me. <laughs> my parents thought that was going to help my production. And so did I, but it did not because I, in the first year, I immediately knew more about Logic Pro X than my professor. And I was like, this isn't going to go great. So I basically just used um, all the facilities. And that was like the best part. Like we had like a, two professional studios at our school. So I was like, oh, I'll just like record my music in these and it'll sound fucking fantastic. So that was the best part about college. And obviously meeting all my friends, um, my my bandmates, some of them, my DJ and uh, my backup vocalist, who's the uh, second feature on Sex and Drugs. Those guys I've known for 11 years and I met them in college. And, you know, now we're on the road together, which is like, what a what a blast. That's amazing. Yeah. So you definitely got out of it some stuff. Yeah, got some great stuff out of it. I feel like I had such a similar background with film because I had started off with like, iMovie making like slideshows with right. pictures. Um, looking back, it's just like, I don't know, I would never want to watch those again because it's like embarrassing to see these like awful grainy slideshows. But, but then you, you had to do that. You have to do that. Yeah. And so it's fun to see that progression where you started and then going to college and I had a, uh, an editing class yeah. where the teacher legit asked me, hey, can you like show the class like how to do this? I'm like, no, like that's your job and yeah. to make my thing better. <laughs> yeah. um, so very similar, but at the same time, you meet people, you have those, you know, facilities and, totally. and instruments to work with. I got um, like a free license to use the Adobe Cloud through college. Mm -hmm. that's when you get yeah, no, the on. Adobe license was like, yeah, oh, so great. And it's really just creating that space for people to mingle. Um, yes. And, you know, a lot of people... Uh, that were also music students that I was around. Um, they didn't have the same fire that some of the kids that I was hanging around with had. And so I kind of, I just kind of tried to attach myself to people who had that like flame about them, even if, it, and even people in film and stuff. And I was like, maybe they'll shoot a music video for me. You know, maybe we can be friends and like exchange like, you know, services and like, do all that shit so it was great for networking and it's so cool i don't know if you've felt like this but do you ever look around and go i had this passion for this thing and i worked hard and now i'm in santa cruz doing yeah. what i set out to do a long time ago <laughs> you forget often yeah and i think that is probably like one of the most important pieces of advice to give uh anybody that's up and coming and like trying to uh, and is like busting their ass like 
if you've made any sort of money from this shit, especially now in 2022, like you should pat yourself on the back at least once a week, you know, because imposter syndrome is real for a lot of people. And, uh, and, you know, people get down on themselves and that sort of rise and grind culture kind of seeped into everyone's brains. But uh, it's important to, you know, be grateful. So we're all having a great time. I mean, that's so valid. And at the same time, like, it's important to, yeah, like you said, pat yourself on the back. Because I think a lot of times doubts will creep in either that start internally or from other people too who maybe yeah. wish they were doing what you're doing. Totally. They tell you, I don't know, man, maybe you should get a real job not doing film, Nick, for example. Yeah. It's like, well, wouldn't you rather be doing what I'm doing and trying to follow what you want to be doing? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's super good advice. I recently saw a Bill Burr interview. I'm huge into stand-up, by the way. So when I saw Mark on your podcast, oh, I was yeah. like, that's sick as fuck. <laughs> uh, I love Mark and I, I love Bill Burr and all those kids. They're great, yeah. Um, so I saw a Bill Burr interview where he said uh, the turning point for him was um, he had to learn that he had to fail first and learn that he was failing because he kept trying to, and it, and it sucked that the, the failing sucked because he kept trying to do what other people wanted. Mm -hmm. And even in comedy, like even in the genre of field of comedy, he was trying to do what other people wanted and what he felt other people wanted from him. But, and he was failing. But once he was like, if I'm going to fail, I want to do it my way. Yeah. And once he was like, fuck it. If I, if this is going to crash and burn or if this is going to fucking not work out at all, let me have some fun while I'm doing it. And once he started doing that, he blew up. And uh, maybe that's not the story for everybody, but his biggest takeaway was that once he started having fun in it, he really enjoyed the, that was the whole point of this, of stand up for him. And he, you know, that reminded him. And he was like, no, this is what I do, this is what I have. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. That's kind of where I'm at right now. You're like free to fail. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, YOLO, but it's like you do live once. It's like, why not? Yeah. You know, what the fuck? Is, stupid. Yeah. What's the point of, and you know, I've, I've, I've been there too where it's like, oh, maybe I should be, uh, you know, maybe I should be making pop music. Like maybe I need to stop rapping in these songs and just kind of like stick with melodies only. I'm like, but, but I like rapping. Yeah. So it's like, and you know, sometimes we have these conversations where it's like, you know, the rapping is a little heady for people. I'm like, yeah, for a lot of people, but, you know, for some people it kind of hits. Right. And they fuck with that shit. Well, you got to be doing what you want to do yeah. and what makes you happy because then, like, that's where you're going to get your true audience, I feel like. Totally. And you don't want people who... You know, I don't want my listening base to be the revolving doors on a hotel. You know, I want you guys to come. It's it's a bed and breakfast. You know? I like that. It may not yeah. be the biggest, but, you know, <laughs> come enjoy your stay and stick around for a little bit. Yeah, I was feeling like pretty self-conscious when I was like, I think I'll do a podcast because, again, there's so many and it's mm -hmm. like, why are you doing it? Nick, you're 29. Like, what what have you done? Like, what value do you have to add to this space? And it's like, I really do look at it like I have fun. I like talking to people and hearing their stories. I like doing it in the video space. So it's mm -hmm. like, why not? I created like a thing from nothing. I had an idea and it's fun for me. And if people are going to trash it, like 
that's fine, but I have fun. Yeah. Some people may like it. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't, it really doesn't matter. And right. uh, everyone who's always outside of the space um, is so quick to break down and analyze different people's successes and be like, oh, Kendrick Lamar wins at this because he does this, this, and this correctly. And it's like, you don't actually know that. Um, and a lot of people who break it down and say stuff like that haven't actually even made a song in their life. Or even when people are like, Joe Rogan's podcast is perfect and genius because he does this, this, and this, and he keeps it raw. And it's also like, but we don't know that that's why it's successful. Mm. All I do know is that these people care about what they're doing. Yeah. And they're having a great time doing it. Yeah. And sometimes it works for people to where it's a, you know, it becomes their life. And sometimes it's just something they enjoy doing and it's what they do. And there's people that come and go for it. And that's just what it is. Not everything is that deep. Right. People need to have fun. Yeah. I mean, Rogan's a perfect example of that because it's like plenty of people don't like Joe Rogan or his podcast. Yeah. But at the same time, he is an example of somebody who said himself, people were questioning me like, why are you doing this thing in your bedroom? Mm -hmm. Like with a hundred people listening yeah. or a thousand people or whatever. It's like, now look. And it's like, like him or not, that's an example of following what you feel like doing. Yeah. I have also found that I mean, at some point, you do have to, like, measure, like, how much you like doing it based off of, like, I guess some sort of levels of success, I guess. Yeah. Um, when I was in high school, I played football, actually, originally. Oh, wow. And now I do cross-country running. Oh, wow. I didn't start running until I was a senior in high school. I was a 200-pound football player. Oh, wow. And all the football coaches were like, Nick's going to go to running camp this summer. He's going to find out he hates it. He'll be back here in the fall playing football. And I was like... Well, now I really want to prove you wrong, but it was like yeah. something that I want to do is for a girl too. You know, I'm like, I want to hey. try running. But then it's like, I ended up running cross country in college. And then it's like, again, like I said, I was on a plane going to Louisiana for championships in college cross country. And it's like, yeah. it's like, whoa, I liked doing it. And also, you know, it's fun proving people wrong. When was it for you or how do you feel like you have achieved success or like what makes you feel most mm. fulfilled? And what you're doing. Uh, the goalpost keeps moving. Uh, I did just tell everyone to pat themselves on the back, but I'm actually the worst at it. Um, but the goalpost for me keeps moving. The first time I felt that was when I first saw my uh, a fan at a show. And that was honestly pretty recently. It was 2018. Uh, I, d I did a show uh, and it was like 30 people there. And uh, and this was in Austin, Texas. It was like 30 people there. And most of them had just randomly bought tickets or came for like a different act. Two or three people showed up. They were like, hey, like I uh, found you on Spotify and saw you were playing and came over. And I was like, that's crazy to me. And that was the first time I was like, okay, I'm doing this forever. Um, the second time I was like, I'm doing this forever was uh, before me, there was, there's been a couple of Indian rappers. Um the most notable one was uh, Heems. He used to be a part of Gas Racist, and they were like a rap trio from New York. And growing up as a rapper, I saw him, and I was like, oh, that's like a, it's amazing that he's like Indian and a rapper. Uh, he followed me, and he like, you know, he validated me a bunch of times. And once he validated me, I was like, oh, this is, I'm doing this forever. So now it's like fucking, you know. The goalpost is probably going to keep moving. You know, once these validations sort of like run out and like the feeling sort of like the high runs out, I will have to like go for like 
even more. You know, getting a million monthly listeners on Spotify was like, hell yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's sick as fuck. <laughs> but now I'm like, now I have to be at six million. Right. Or I will not rest until I'm at six, you know, like it yeah. just never stops. So yeah. I think it can be both. Pat yourself on the back, celebrate those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then wake up tomorrow and go for the yeah, next yeah. pat and, on the back. Know, head down. Where's yeah. the next pat, you know? Go exactly, for that. Exactly. It's a great way to tie that up. I think that balance, finding that balance really is like the toughest thing as like a independent creative. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's, it's tough to maneuver that sometimes. And there's good days and there's not so good days. But um, I think as long as you stay aware that there can be a middle ground, I don't know what it is. I, there's just like a fire under my ass that just won't stop burning. And maybe someday it will stop. But <laughs> so finding that balance is difficult yeah. sometimes, you know. Uh, some days you're just so consumed in what you have to complete and what you could be doing better and how this could look better or this could sound better um, that you forget that maybe I should just chill today. Yeah. I had a guy on the podcast early on. He's a photographer who used to take a bunch of photos of climbers in Yosemite, Dean Fidelman. And he um, he was talking about the concept of something being perfect. And you always hear yeah. like, can't be perfect. The song yeah. won't be perfect. The podcast won't be perfect. You know, perfection's impossible. But he's like, no, perfect exists because you have to reach a point in the art where you have to move on from it. And yes. that's perfect for the time being. And you may look back a year from now and go, I could have done it better, but it was perfect at the time. Yeah. I like that. I like I that. Know. I yeah. like that. Yeah, there's definitely, yeah. Maybe perfect is subjective. Mm -hmm. For know? sure. And uh, yeah, I think that's... That's also a hard thing to grapple with is, is perfection. Like when to and move try, on. Try not to be objective. When about it. to throw something yeah, up exactly. online. Yeah. yeah. But like when I'm driving down the road five years ago listening to Somebody to Love, I'm like, I feel so good. This song is perfect. Well, there you go. So you did it. Right as there. long as I did, <laughs> as long as I'm doing it for other people too, and I, I hear that and I, yeah. and you know, especially on tour, you get that real life validation where people tell you stories like that. Um, and you're like, okay. That feels good. Like the, the comments aren't as powerful as like someone, you know, I, just telling to your face. <laughs> I mean, again, I'm not. I'm gonna say it again. I'm not a musician, but I um the way I set up my Spotify playlist is like right. by month. So going back to like 2015, I have a month. Every like playlist is by January 15, January 6, February 15, and uh, like I could tell you where I was when I heard that song for the first time. I was driving down this road called Graham Hill, seven minutes away from here. There's like a horse ranch on the side. Sun was coming through the trees. I was, I think, on my way to a slow pitch softball game. Oh, wow. And I just, I remember it because I, I also, again, not being a musician, like music is just so powerful. It really does just make you feel. Yeah, elevates, elevates the experience. Yeah. When it's good. It's like a smell. You ever smell something and you remember like where you were? <sighs> yeah. It's like a song does that. You're too. like in an elevator and you like smell something and you're like, Hong Kong. Or like yeah. some weird shit. <laughs> For me, it's like really weird. Yeah. yeah. You've had so many places and experiences. So yeah. I imagine. My brain's, like... brain's a little confused sometimes. <laughs> but it sounds like you're having fun. Having a blast, man. And it's great to just like meet new people and just be fucking, fucking around really is the yeah. best part of tour. Yeah. I was going to ask you your favorite part of touring in general or even when you're on that stage looking out like. Yeah, What's I mean that part? that sort of <laughs> the sort of climax, as we call it, of a performance of a show performance. You know, when you like write about as you're about to finish the show, and the show's gone really well. It's undefeated. It's probably the best. Um, and then we also have these fun moments. 
we have a lot of, you know, shenanigans occur on tour. Um, whoever's asleep in the van, if there's only one person asleep in the van, we all pull this maneuver. We pretend like we're crashing and just yell on the count of three. <laughs> it's, like, it's so funny. Yeah, we do. Film <laughs> we did it to my guitarist in 2019. It was great. Oh, no. What he almost shit his pants. Yeah, yeah. He freaked out. He was like, oh! He like, it was a visceral, like, gut, like, reaction. Oh, that it's great. That's terrifying. We're definitely going to do it to the opener this time. Who's opening for you? Uh, this kid, Charlie Curtis Beard. Okay. Uh, he's new to touring and he's never been on the road. So <laughs> definitely excited. To He'll never want to go out again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll scare him back home. Oh, man. How do you feel going on to, to a stage? No matter the size of the audience, like, do you get excited? Are you nervous? Before a race, I'm like, I got to poop. I don't know how that is for you going on. Yeah. I think the, uh, the poop thing is universal. Okay. Before anyone nervous. does anything in front of people for a set period of time, I think your body, your nervous system kind of just, because I had to look it up. I was like, why do I always want to like kind of piss or shit right before I go on stage? Yeah. Apparently it's just like a nervous system thing. Okay. Um, but yeah, I feel that too. And it's really just my body gets nervous. My mind is not nervous. Mm. Like I'm not like, you know, nervous about whether it's going to go right, blah, blah, blah. Because even if we fuck up, we're still going to, you know, just bust through it. Um, yeah. A lot of us have been playing together for so long that it doesn't matter uh, that we're just already so tight. Yeah, I don't get nervous. Yeah, I get nervous for I get, podcasting. My, my body gets like, <laughs> like you know, yeah, shivers. Pants and stuff. Yeah, little chills and stuff. Leading up to like, again, a running race or a podcast, like a week before I start to get nervous. Damn. Yeah, and it's awful. And then I know like right when it starts, like right when you step on the van, I'm like, ah, cool, we're here. But I don't know. I think it's like a fight or flight thing for my brain. It's like, yeah. you're going to go terrible. You're going to forget how to speak English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the, you know, you, you think Murphy's Law is going to happen. Yeah. Anything can, that can go wrong will just fucking happen. Whenever I think about like doing something hard, like I'm going to go for, gosh, the only examples I have are podcasting and running. Whenever I have like a thing at work, like a task I don't want to do or a meeting I'm dreading, yeah. I'm like, it's 9 p.m. the night before. I'm like, it's going to be 9 p.m. tomorrow before I know it. You just yeah. have to show up and it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but for performing, I'm sure you like, there's preparation obviously that goes in because you want to put on a good show and stuff like that. Yeah. So. And part of it is accepting that with something like touring where you're touring the same set and the same show across 20 or 21 cities, you just have to accept that you're not going to be as tight until the fifth city. Mm, okay. Because no matter how much you rehearse, it's not the same as playing it live. Uh, when it's dark, you can't fucking see anything. I'm wearing shades on stage. Like it's, I can't see anyone in the crowd. I have in-ear monitors in so I can hear my own mic kind of like this, but they are small and stick inside your ear. So I can't really hear the crowd. I can't really hear any of my bandmates if they're saying anything. We have waters on stage too. There's so many like, if you, there's cables, like you trip over something, it gets unplugged. You have to like pause a the show. There's just like a chemistry and just like a, sort of natural approach to how you move around the stage and perform on stage that your entire band won't be fluid until like the fourth or fifth show. Mm, okay. So you're practicing, like all the systems are down, everything's where it needs to be. and then It's just it's, the other shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then making it look as comfortable as possible. When you're exactly. there. And then you will be, you'll be loose. It's like yeah. a comic when they're like, I felt loose on the fourth show of the weekend. Yeah, whatever, totally. Flowing. Yeah. And some cities, you know, they make you tighten up. And you hear that about comics too, where like some cities are tough. 
You know, like I know Bill Burr has complained about Philly being like a pain in the ass. Um, there's some crowds in some cities, you know, I'm not going to go ahead and name them, but they'll, you know, just be kind of still. Mm. Like they won't be moving or like screaming as much. And then after the show, they'll come come to you and tell you that it changed their life. Yeah. I'm like, well, I couldn't yeah. tell. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you notice that in Santa Cruz, everybody's just high. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I'll That's keep that case. in mind. The Catalyst is sweet, though. You Have you been rehearsing in the Catalyst? No. We okay. actually rehearsed. Um, we booked out a different space. Okay. Um, but the Catalyst, I've heard good things about while we were rehearsing. Yeah. Uh, someone else messaged me and told me that Anyone who's just drinking alcohol has to stay at the back of the venue. Oh, where the bar is. Okay. Yeah, I didn't I know that. that was interesting. I was like, hmm. They have, uh, they have like balconies on the side, I think, too. So mm. it's cool. You're like, there's, you're surrounded like real close. It's cool. Yeah. It's people. Like, we'll see it tomorrow at Soundcheck. It's a cool I'm spot. Excited. I filmed the show there. I was thinking on the way over here like 10 years ago. It was a 420 show with this band called The Hold Up. And the opener was Afro Man. No way. <laughs> yeah. You'll have a good time. That's great. Yeah. Speaking of things other than music, you also podcast. I do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We try to do it whenever both of us have free time, which is limiting. Nobody asked. Yeah, it's called nobody. N- not asked. to you for the people listening. <laughs> <laughs> nobody asked you. No. Yeah, yeah. Podcast. Listen to it. nobody asked. Yeah, it's a uh, it's fun, man. And we just talk about shit that uh, you know only we would get. <laughs> it's like inside jokes. Yeah, it's like inside inside shit and just like stuff about being in the industry and like, and I'm really into technology. So we talk about like, you know, new technology shit. Mm. And we also shit on everybody that we don't like, <laughs> like Kanye West. I just tweeted out today. I was like, it's so sad to see one of my icons become a cringy ass piece of shit. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah, I don't know if Kanye knows what Kanye is doing. No, I don't think he does. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he does. Kanye West changed music for me and a lot of people, I think. Mm. He, he got me into hip-hop. Um, I think my favorite album by him is Graduation. And uh, when I first heard his first album, College Dropout, with the workout plan on it, I was like, I love rap now. And then I went into the rap hole before I was just listening to, like, you know, pop punk as we all did. Yeah. Green Day and all that shit. And I had a little phase of like 50 Cent G unit. Yeah. But it was all just like gangster rap. Mm, you know? Okay. There was no like, none of that shit he was talking about back then. Yeah. He would be talking about like his self conscious and shit and like his soul and like feeling guilty about wanting jewelry and like nice clothes. And I was like, this is fresh. And then I got into, I got super into hip hop. What's your favorite thing to uh, make music about? How do you write? <laughs> It's just random. <laughs> it's really just random, and it always starts with the music. It never starts with the words. I'm almost never made a song where I'm like, I'm going to write a song about this. Because um, at the end of the day, I don't think, I think one trumps the other. Mm-hmm. I think the music always will trump the lyrics. Okay. For me, at least. That's how I experience music, so that's how I'm going to create it. If it doesn't slap, then it's like, why am I listening to this? Right. You know, and write a poem instead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's great songs with like amazing lyrics where like the beat just doesn't like hit the way I want it to. And I'm just like, mm. it just doesn't allow me to enjoy the message. You did a video uh, recently, right? Or have you done multiple How the Sausage is Made? Yes, the <laughs> sausage. <laughs> the sausage is made. Yeah. It's an interesting 
um, it's it's weird to try to fit real sauce into a one minute reel. Mm-hmm. It's like almost impossible. It's cool that you get to show behind the scenes, though. It's not just like you're showing that it takes work to do this, yeah. especially for people. Do you get like a lot of the DMs where it's like, I want to do what you're doing. Like, what do you do? Most of my DMs are like that. And then they get to see what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. The tough part about it is there's a lot of YouTube tutorials on how to do almost everything I do. But it's going to be difficult for you if you don't just try fucking around with whatever it is you're doing. Because mm-hmm. then you'll really figure out how far you can push things. Yeah. You're going to have to like, you know, you have to like break a microphone and like lose shit and like you know, fuck up an audio file, corrupt something. You got to fail to learn. There's no just straight road to success. No. Like it wasn't easy. No, it's not going to be easy. And if it is easy, you're going to lose interest in it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're not overcoming any challenges. And are you ever just messing around too with a keyboard and you're like, okay, I like that sound. Yeah, that's like how most music is made. Yeah. Like I was just in Atlanta doing sessions with with, um, Cato and he, he had a guy who's like a piano you know, pianist, pretty much like a keyboardist, come over. Um, and there's, on a regular keyboard, there's like the white and black keys. And then on MIDI keyboards, there's like these little trigger pads off to the side. And uh, they're meant to be used for drums. And they're randomly assigned to different keys. So Cato had pulled up a piano, and this guy just plays the uh, black pads, the trigger pads in order. And it's entirely out of key, but it sounds hard. So he just does that, and he's like testing out the keyboard. And he's just doing it repeatedly, and we all turn to each other and we go, wait, that's hard. And we make it into a beat, and now it's a song. All right, is it and it's out? it's like going on a project that's not out Whoa, yet. that's amazing. It's like the first song on the project. Dude, that's so cool. <laughs> so that was like one of those moments where it's like, it really is like just random shit. Whoa, you know? that's so cool. Now I want to make music. Dude, but I got fun, no idea. Man. I, I can't read music. I can't do any of that stuff. I feel oh, like <laughs> I, can't, I can't read music. Oh, really? No. I assumed everybody could read music. No, reading music is like most musicians don't read music mm. nowadays. This is my problem, though. I like hear somebody like you talking about this stuff. I'm like, this is so cool. It's and fun. I'm like, no, Nick, you can't do everything. Like, <laughs> it's you, like talking you could, to a comedy. You could try. Like, I want to do comedy. Yeah, but... you could try, man. It's it's important to try things. That's true. You know? I mean, that's why uh, talking to people like Mark, it's like wow, this sounds interesting too. Like, would you ever do stand-up, you think? I would love to try, but yeah. I'm, I'm scared of, I'm scared of failing. Right. But uh, that's, if I, if I tried it and I sort of liked it, uh, it would, it would suck that I couldn't spend more time on it because I'm so mm. deep in, uh, in music. But I would love to try all of that shit because I just love all sorts of media. Yeah. I love, I love everything. I would love to be a fucking professional gamer. I play video games all the time. I'm just into a lot of stuff and I, you know, I just enjoy a lot of things. It's that 24 hour limit. You got, got to fit it all in. You have to squeeze it all in. You put jokes in between songs. You'd be like, Hey, you're getting stand up. We do do a little bit of that (laughs) on stage. We try to do a little bit of that just to ease people up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've got the, you know how to be on stage. So I feel like you're halfway there already. Thank you, man. Yeah. Getting over that hump of like stage fright is really just realizing just how weird it is that you're doing what you're even doing. Yeah, and all eyes on you. Yeah. Can't think about that. Platforms elevated. (laughs) It's fucking weird. Yeah. It's like the concept of being embarrassed. Like if I do something, like if I fall down, I'm like, that's embarrassing. And then if I see somebody else fall down, I'm like, oh, I'm not, I don't, yeah. I'm not shaming that person, you know. Yeah, exactly. I'm not looking at like a stand-up or someone on stage going, wow, how embarrassing. I'm like, 
but I would feel that way. Yeah, exactly. You gotta remember that you're doing it. Really can. Yeah, <laughs> you're kind of doing it to yourself a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. Hey, do you want to play a round of burning questions, dude? I would love to. Can I get another? <laughs> yeah, one of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me grab. Uh, grab anything you want out of the fridge. Uh, my van is your van, or something. <laughs> I wish it fucking was. Our last van that we had in 2019 was a Ford Express from like 19 some fucking shit. It was old as fuck. Uh, my guitarist got it from like, you know, some redneck ass Texas fucking <laughs> city. <laughs> and he gutted it and put a TV over here and split it up. So there's like four seats here and then like a fat bed in the back. And we had the uh, the Nintendo Switch docked and we were playing Mario Kart. Oh, that's fun. The tour van. Yeah. So it was cool for that. Yeah, I would love to do that again. Mostly traveling by myself, but it'd be sweet to like get a. I mean, you got a TV, man. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, I hang that up for the podcast, and then after when I'm driving, like all this stuff comes down. Gotta find spots. Oh yeah, because it. it's you know it can't be. Yeah, it'll fall without fail, and whenever I'm driving somewhere, it's like you hear big crashes behind you. It's like what yeah. fell now? What's yeah, broken now. <laughs> yeah, I used to use this light board actually over here, and it would hang like right here for the first like eight episodes, and I'm like. I got solar. Let's go television. Yeah, let's so go. I got the, oh, you got solar on here? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we got the, the the lights right here. Oh, that's sick, yeah. man. Yeah. Those are probably pretty low wattage. Probably. I don't know anything about this stuff. Dude. I don't know the company it, did it's it. It's fucking great, man. <laughs> they crushed it. And again, it just all happened to work out because I didn't plan to do a podcast when I right. was built. It's like the table just like was here. Yeah. And it just, again, and all the, the screws around the siding. Yeah. Those were where you'd screw in like a divider and it's the same size screw as for like all these film equipment. So I could put a camera there. Hell yeah. It's all just meant to be. This is legit. So it's fun. I've been doing it for a year now. You're episode 25. It's pretty exciting. Oh, wow. Yeah. So congrats on that. Hell yeah. <laughs> Thanks for Thank giving you. it a chance. Dude, of course. Once you send me the picture of the van, I was like, I'm going. Okay. Yeah. Because that's I what feel, got me. You should keep doing that. <laughs> I feel self-conscious. I'm like, do these people want to come in a white van? Yeah, they don't know this guy. <laughs> but you sent me the inside. I was like, hey, yeah. he's not going to kidnap me. Yeah. Actually, uh, the plot twist. <laughs> I said that to Mark. I was like, uh, welcome it's back. Today. <laughs> so welcome to kidnapping comedians in vans. <laughs> you got a slight laugh. I was like, come on, Mark, you're a dark humor guy. Comedy. <laughs> Comedy. Exactly. That's fun that you like uh, Mark Norman, though. Who are your other favorites? Sam Morrill. Dude, did you see the special? <laughs> yeah, I was just watching it again. <laughs> it's um, insane. This dude, Joe List. Oh, Tuesdays with Stories. Yeah, Joe List is fucking great. Recently, I got onto um, Nimesh Patel, who's an Indian comedian. Went and saw him live in Austin. Nice. Hilarious. Uh, fucking Shane Gillis. Dude, he's, he's gotta be my so favorite. so funny, dude. <laughs> that special on YouTube, I've I've watched five times now. The His stand-up special? The live in Austin one. Okay. Yeah, I've watched that like five times now. Gillian Keeves special just came out. Yeah, I saw the, yeah, yeah. I, saw, I got a notification for it. I need to go check it out. You should, yeah. So there you go. I think that's what you got to do next. Yeah. Add it to your 24-hour <laughs> day, man. Yeah, maybe I will. I mean, it's fun to listen to. And then again, it's like, it feels so good when you're in a room and you're talking with like a group of people and like something pops up in your head and you say it and you get that like laugh. Yeah, you And imagine that, that in, a, in a big room. Yeah, that times 10. But I always think. it goes crazy. I've asked comedians before it's like it's got to be daunting too because it feels good when you like say something off the cuff and people are like that's funny but then you go the perform opposite. 
you go perform and then people are going there expecting you to be funny. Yeah. All right. Entertain me. That's got to be, <laughs> yeah, it's got to be a little nerve wracking, which is why I also probably won't ever like go into something the same way I went into yeah. music aside from um, like probably like video editing or something like mm. that. I'd be comfortable in that. But another thing where you're in front of people, uh, I think it was just a huge hump to get over in music. But mm. yeah, I can't imagine what it's like in comedy. Right. Because you got a bomb. Yeah, that's the thing. You have to. Yeah. It's like, fuck, I don't think I could survive one bombing. It's like, I have this brain where it's like, I just want to try everything once. Yeah. But and I don't know. That's what life is about. Yeah. I, for no reason. It's just like, I want to say that I did it. And then we'll You see. should, man. Yeah. You why should. Not? You should try everything once. I think it's important. And then I'll do like an open mic and I'll try rap. No. I'm not going to do that. Dude, why the <laughs> fuck not? Because again, I love. Rap music, I love music, but again, I I don't know. Everybody's well, if you need rap. any tips, yeah, you can always hit me up. All right, I appreciate it. Hey, are you ready for this game, by the way? Yeah, let's run it. <laughs> Super ready. Burning questions. Okay. Randomized okay. questions about your deepest, darkest secrets. I love that. Feel free to pick a card. Okay. And there you are. Sweet. What do we got? What was the worst purchase you've ever made? Man, that's a tough one. I like a lot of that. I'm a, I'm a stingy motherfucker. <laughs> I don't buy a lot of bad shit. Um, can it be the stupidest purchase? Yes, love it. Okay, so I recently bought a very expensive chair. What kind of chair? It's an, it's an Ehrman Miller chair. So it's like a, it's <laughs> like a very, <laughs> yeah, it was like a $1,700 chair. Oof. Yeah, it's pretty pricey. Is it levitate, hopefully? It is probably one of the most comfortable chairs I've sat in in my entire life. And it's my studio chair. It's what I sit in in my studio room. Okay. So I sit Important. in it all day. Yeah. Yeah, but $1,700 is a little off. <laughs> did you test <laughs> Just a little off the rails. I did. Good. I went to the store, the showcase room and I was like, show me that $1,700 chair. I thought you were like online. You're like, for 1700 I bet it's comfy. <laughs> it's, yeah, I bet it's great. <laughs> no, I didn't risk it. I went there and I tried it out. Okay. And uh, yeah, I told my my very Indian father, and he was like, Oh. He was like, unreal. But yeah, if you're going to be in it all day, is it like an office chair? Yeah, it's, a, it's like an ergonomic chair. You can do like all sorts of weird, like everything moves on it. Okay. You know, everything locks, but everything moves. Okay. So you can literally like shape it to your spine. Wow, I'm going to have to look this it's up. kind of nice. <laughs> it's kind of nice, but yeah, it was a stupid amount of money. Well... I got to ask you a question. Now that you've sat in that chair, is mm -hmm. just everywhere else you sit, including this seat here, just like... No, no, no. I, 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 I the You know, the amount of, for the amount of travel I do, uh, you know, airplanes humble me. Okay. <laughs> so this is actually, you know, I feel like a king here. I need a cushion for the back. Compared to Southwest. I have the dumbest theory. I was telling my girlfriend this the other day, and she, uh, she thought I was an idiot. But I was saying um, I don't have a desire to skydive. I would skydive. I take that back. It seems fun. Have you skydived before? No, I have zero desire. <laughs> like, it seems, like, exciting. Or I'm sure it would be a fucking a rush. And yeah. A thrill. Well, I also, yeah. yeah, I mean, people do die doing it, so I don't know. That's sick. Now I'm never doing that for yeah. sure. <laughs> but um, I said I wouldn't skydive, and again, this is really dumb, but I'm like, I think it would be so fun that everything you do afterwards on the ground would just be yeah. like, eh. Compared to yeah, yeah, walking around, I was falling from the sky one time. Yeah, and she's like, is, "That's dumb." This is light work. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll skydive when I'm like ninety. 
Dude, because then if you die then, then it's like sick. Yeah. I died midair. That's yeah. sick. Oh, that scared me. Something's happening. Dude, I was sitting here the other day and I just hear this pounding on the door and I was like parked illegally in front of like a liquor store. But the guy was like pounding, like scared me, I, like opened the window. And I'm like, I don't know that guy. I'm not going <laughs> to open the door. So yeah, that's, I haven't been woken up by somebody knocking yet. That's like my worst fear. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah. That would freak you out. Yeah. Mid-sleep. Yeah. <sighs> would you like another burning question? Let's run it. Okay. Hopefully we had a good one here. That was a good one. Yeah. Excited to see this chair. What's something you can't go a day without doing? This is going to sound stupid as well. Um, I think it's drinking lemon-lime Gatorade. I think <laughs> I might so random. have a problem. <laughs> and I've, I've said this before. Um, to a lot of people, it's on my tour rider. Um, a lot of people, you know, it's a, it's kind of like a running joke almost on my social media accounts sometimes where I'll be like, yo, I got my Gatorade, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it's like a, almost a problem at times. Like I have to have one every day. If I had known, I would have had it here. No, Shoot. it's all good. <laughs> I had one. <laughs> I always yeah. take one to the gym with me. And if I forget to bring one to the gym, I fucking just buy one at the gym. They have them stocked. But I really like Gatorade. Okay. Um, you have it on stage with you too? Yes, I have it on my uh, on my rider, so I, I bring it on stage a lot of the time. And you never get tired of it? No. Mm. That's like me and Chipotle, actually. So but it's been like a year it. and a half okay. since I've started doing that, like all the time. Aside from that, uh, I don't think I've missed a poop. I poop at least once or twice a day. I know people who like, once. I've talked to people recently who are like, sometimes I don't poop for three days. That's crazy. That's psychotic, right? <laughs> okay, so thank God. So I'm, I'm not insane. No, yeah. No, that's no, crazy. Actually, I take that back. I did know someone who said that's like once a week. And I said, what? The buildup must be insane. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be painful or something. That's got to be a big drop off. I hope. Otherwise, otherwise, where's it where's going? It going? <laughs> <laughs> Evaporates. Oh God! Or something into your body? I yeah, don't know. That's that's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I know a lot of people who you know won't poop for a couple of days and then poop and then won't poop for. Uh, but you know, I have a pretty. Hmm. That's good. I have a good. And so I guess I have good gut health. Mm -hmm. Keep performing because of the nerves. And if you stop performing, maybe you're a once a week. Maybe guy. I'll stop pooping. Yeah. Who knows? Next episode, I'm gonna have to get like a medical doctor on here, like. Uh, <laughs> So I was talking with Abby and uh, <laughs> a colonoscopist. Mm -hmm, yeah, well, I talk to GI doctors sometimes, so I'll ask them actually. I'm oh curious. yeah, you do work, in and then field. I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah, let me know. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do a follow up next time you're in town. What was I gonna say? Oh, about your was it a tour rider? Tour rider, right? It's so like, a tour rider is the terminology, and even comics have one uh, for what people what food and drinks they have for you mm. at the venue there was something i was going to ask you about i think it was not food and drink related but something that you requested oh yes this it was amazing. a uh it was a full color printout of george costanza <laughs> doing the thumbs up <laughs> <laughs> from the hit show hit 90s show seinfeld uh and i put that in my writer and the catalyst actually reached out to us two days ago and they hit my um, tour manager slash DJ and he texts me and he's like, yo, the Catalyst emailed me and said they're really sorry. They can only do a black and white printout. <laughs> I was like, that's fine, man. We'll let it slide this time. All that time, they can't just go to Walgreens and come on. 
was like, it's fine. Oh man, I should have done that here. Oh, wow, you're good. You're good. All you're the good. things that I should have done. I actually just started watching that for the first time this year. Oh, it's cool. I don't know how because my girlfriend was like, "You haven't seen Seinfeld?" I was like, "No, I'll give it a try." First episode. She's like, "Give it some time." First episode. I'm hooked. It's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. It's so funny. It's just Larry David. He's just like a genius and like everything he touches is just gold. Yeah. And I, you know, there's really no reason to like get into Seinfeld nowadays. Yeah. Like to get into it, like without knowing what it is. Um, but I got into it like three years ago or something. And I've watched it three full times all the way through. I think I watch it every year, like all the way through. It's like something I do. I'm on like season three. It's, it's like comfort great, food. Dude. It's great. It's great. Throw it on. But it's good comfort food. Yeah. It's like, and it's consistent. It doesn't really ever lose steam. Mm, okay, that's good. Even in the last seasons, like it does not lose that that steam. A lot of shows towards the end of their seasons will start, you know, regurgitating inside jokes. Mm. I think Seinfeld has a healthy balance of that, which I appreciate. Towards the end, it like still comes up with new ways to make you laugh. What would you like one last question? Yeah. All right. Hopefully we got a juicy one here. I had to take a lot of these out because they're kind of, some of them are awkward. It's like, who in this room would you kiss? And I'm like, <laughs> like having a girl on, I'm like, well, I'm not going to put that on because I'm already in a white van pushing my luck. So. <laughs> yeah, that would be rough. What's your favorite hobby? Mm, I talked about this. Ooh. I think. Other than, yeah, music. Other than probably would have to be playing Apex Legends. Have to be playing oh, Apex Legends. Video game? Is, yeah, it's a video game. It's if you're not into video games, uh it's it's Fortnite. Oh. Yeah, everyone knows what Fortnite is. Uh but Apex Legends is like a grown up version pretty much. Okay. And it's where it's computer. just like 150 people fly out of a plane, drop on a random location on a map. There's a circle that you're in mm. and outside the circle is gas. And if you're in the gas, you die. And the circle gets smaller and smaller and smaller until there's one person left. Or one team left. That does sound interesting. It's great. Adults, grow up. Stop playing Fortnite. Play Apex. You're on tour. Anything specific to promote? I know sure, sure. This comes out in two weeks. Come check out the uh, the shows if you're anywhere. If you're anywhere on any of the dates, you know, you can just go to abithenomad.com. That's A-B-H-I. And then, you know, just listen to music and... uh you know, you don't have to do anything, man. Whoever's listening to this, I just want you to enjoy your life and fucking relax. <laughs> Stop caring about everything so much. It's okay. the best advice that's ever been given in here. So. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> just fucking relax. Well, thanks again. Uh, have fun tonight at the tomorrow night. Tomorrow at night. The Catalyst. The Catalyst. Uh, the good, Atrium. Man. The Atrium. All right. It's yeah. a good spot. I think so. I think that's what it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think I saw that. But anyway, um, safe travels. Thanks again for coming on. Yeah, man, it's been a pleasure. I'll be the nomad, everybody. Yes, sir. I feel like I'm at the ticket, top of my game, looking down at the rack. <laughs>